Introducing Buckets and Beyond, your friendly neighborhood Mavs podcast. We are without our soundboard professional Jay Bonnie today, so you're going to have to put up with our going uh, acapella. Acapella sound effects. Um, Ben's working on his doing his working on his foley work. <laughs> He's another level. I can't keep up with that. Starting at small forward from St. Louis University, it's Andrew the Goon Bennett. Good to be here. Good to be here. Starting at guard. Ben, we can't we can't we can't mention our college as much longer because I'm 30 and it's been like it's been almost seven years since I was in college. So <laughs> Well, I was just trying to recreate it like they do in the arenas. I'm, I'm like, starting. I'm starting for the YMCA league. Not, no, not starting. Coming off the bench in the Y league. We'll, we'll have to come up with different. I'll, I'll have to write different, like you know, nicknames or something. Um, starting at guard from the University of Texas at Arlington. It's your host with the most, Ben Sable. That's right. Ben has been a maverick his whole life, literally. He's a literal maverick. In more ways than one. So today we'll discuss the Mavs' recent win streak. Uh, and then we had a, obviously had a tough loss against uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll get into why, uh, like, what players have contributed to the win streak, not just Luca falling out of his mind. And we'll also talk about around the league. There's some, been some chaotic situations that's been going on that we just have to talk about. And you probably know what we're talking about, but just just in case you're wondering, I'm going to touch on Draymond and all the. The ins- insanity that Ben, that ben he- cannot Ben cannot waste a chance to uh, no. to roast Draymond Green. No, I can't. He's, he's... We'll have to. Fortunately, we'll have to save it for later. But uh, and then this weird Bucks Pacers game with 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 you know people wanting the ball for different reasons. No. It's not weird. Uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful drama. Beautiful chaos. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is why we love the NBA. It's every every week is something new. Moment. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let, let's start with the Mavs, who are are, are looking pretty good recently. Uh, they they beat some they beat some good teams. They beat the Lakers on national television. I think I saw the end of that one, and, and that was just a really fun game to watch because Luca always steps up for those Laker games because he loves to try to show up LeBron any chance that he gets out of love, not out of like disrespect, but like because he admires LeBron and. That was, I mean, he almost got overshadowed by Dante Exum in that game just because of the the threes that he was making with seven for nine, I think. And he was just balling out, not just making threes, but just creating opportunities. And um, I, yeah, I, I've just been blown away by how, how awesome Dante Exum has been. Um, he stepped up when, you know, we've got Grant Williams, who's been down for in- injury. We've got Josh Green, who recently got injured, and he's just filled in those minutes, provided great defense, provided like an, an offensive, um, uh, like another op- option for the offense that, that can go through him. He can create, he can slash to the basket. Not many Mavericks do that. So, um, and he's averaging like 21 points a game over the last three. Um, I, I know that's not sustainable for throughout the whole season, but it's just awesome to see a bench player that Luca can rely on that is, is just really stepping up. So just, yeah, love it. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I did not have this on my bingo card. Um, honestly, when we signed him, I think I sat on this pod and I kind of roasted the move as we were, we're, we're signing our 15th guy. We're signing a guy who has not played in the NBA in, in two years. Um, it's, it's, it was very easy to look at that as like, okay, this guy is never going to touch the court or he's going to, he's going to take the Frank Nielakina minutes. Um, but he has very quickly shown that he's much more effective on the offensive end than Frank ever was, or could be um, much more effective than a lot of uh, over the last week or so than a lot of, uh, a lot of those like, you know, often like the, oh, this is a defensive-minded guard that can be a secondary creator off the bench. Like, we've had a number of those over the last three or four years. And uh, Exum's playing out of his mind. He's having a stretch. I hope I hope it can be, he can be a consistent contributor like that off the bench unit with, like, your Seth Currys, uh, your Josh Greens, once he gets back and is healthy. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's refreshing. I want to point. I want to say this because 
we unfortunately the Timberwolves game kind of which was a back to back like was the end of a long week um the Timberwolves game was kind of an exposure of like oh shoot like some of these nights the roll guys are going to go like 2 for 20 from 3 um Dante Exum's been a bright spot but i think it highlights one area in which the Mavericks still are a little reliant on like which every team is reliant on guys got to make their shots but you know against the top top level talent in the league i'm a, still a little concerned that you're relying on tim hardaway junior to score maybe 20 points a night or to like make five or six threes a night which he's a volume shooter he can do that but you're also going to have those nights where it's like dang Derek jones junior tim hardaway all of these guys combined for like 12 percent from three uh which no one's going to win that way. Um, but yeah, Dante's been a huge price. Derek Jones Jr. has been also an incredible bright spot. I think that's 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 a Nico Nico was cooking in the kitchen this uh, this off season with those two because those those are very low risk, very very um, team friendly like deals, contracts, just like kind of bargain shopping essentially. And you could argue that like. We don't win that Lakers game without Exum. So there's a there's at least one win that you can attribute to like one guy that we scooped up off off uh out of the Walmart, you know, two for five dollar bin. Um so yeah, yeah. Can't can't say enough about Dante's play recently. Yeah, I and I think like we we thought he might help on defense like that was more of the like what we were excited about like the signing from that angle like he's gonna play good defense he might slash a bit but I think the scoring we, we didn't really expect much in that regard like hey just kid is gonna play you because you play defense and, and you're gonna yeah. get minutes you're gonna get chances um I think it's it's just been kind of funny especially with Grant Williams having like a recent shooting slump it almost has it hasn't really affected the Mavs as much as it should because, you know, Dante Exum is scoring the way that he is. And and he's, and obviously, you know, Tim Hardaway is helping out in, in on, in some games too. Um, but it, he's, yeah, it, it's just with Kyrie out and with Grant Williams in the slump, those are going into the season. You think we, we all kind of thought like, Oh, that's one, two and three, you know, um, as far as scoring. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been great. In addition to like Exum's play, it kind of highlights what, who many of us marked as like, quote unquote, X factor. Or like this is the person that we're watching to make a jump. Josh Green, who has has had has been out with injury the last couple of weeks, but the start of the season was pretty bad. Um, and to see Dante Exum essentially kind of step into the role that Josh Green would have and look much i would argue much more comfortable playing on the floor with luca um than than josh green has there are times when josh green is on the court and if it's him luca and kyrie josh green he looks lost out there or he just looks so timid there's no none of the like aggressive playmaking that you that you love to see from him and i think exum has has kind of jumped jumped you know if jason yeah. Kidd has has a list of you know is ranking his children like dante exum has has jumped past josh green for sure uh so far this... Do you think that i mean i'm curious of where josh's minutes are going to come from when he's healthy right because uh, up like in the beginning it was Derek jones jr was starting and we were kind of questioning that initially um but we we also kind of saw okay josh green can run the second unit and, and kind of help you know Kyrie do that but he had because he hadn't been doing so well now that Dante Exum is playing so well and he's almost kind of he's he's jumped Josh Green I would I would say and you know you have to think about maybe putting him in the starting lineup over Grant in, at, at a certain point if if his shooting continues to you know not be there I don't know it, it's just it's a good problem to have have a guy like jump up but you'd like to kind of see that competition you know spark you know great play from everybody and not just like i don't want this to break josh green's like confidence like well this guy came and took came and took my job i guess i'm i'm gonna you know uh like not mope but like try it again yeah yeah i'll cut i'll cut that in post (laughs) 
What are you saying? Well, um, unfortunately, I, you know, I feel like we do this every season with Josh Crane. Um, and he's and he he could very easily come back and have a stretch of games similar to what we've seen from Dante Exum. Like when he gets back, just like spark plug off the bench, great defense, you know, helping create off the ball. Um, but I do, Josh Green reminds me of, a, of another Maverick that like has stretches of, of great play and then either gets injured, has stretches of just like atrocious. He gets the yips um, is Maxi Kleba. And we've, we love, you know, we love Maxi to an extent, but we also know that he's going to have stretches where he shoots like 8% from three or stretches where he just cannot get his shot right. Or he can't get his, or he's passing up open shots because he doesn't trust himself. And I don't know if we've gotten past that with Josh and the start of this season is not going to help him get past those, those, um, call them neuroses, call them hesitations, lack of confidence, like to start the season the way Josh Green did to then get injured and then see Dante Exum essentially like play up at this point. Like I would much rather have the ball in Dante Exum's hands or Seth Curry's hands coming off the bench than I would having it in Josh Green's hand. And I, and I say that as someone that wants to see him develop and grow, but I, I don't have a ton Josh Green doesn't look like he hasn't hasn't looked like he has a ton of confidence. And so I don't have a ton of confidence in him to like move past um you know those we'll see. It, it's gonna be a, a minute before we see Josh Green back in action. I think once he comes back, we'll kind of get a better idea of what kid thinks that has assessed the situation to be. Um because <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, it, it, I think we'll kind of, we'll kind of see it. I, I don't expect the Mavs to, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of get into trade talk later, but I don't expect the Mavs to kind of just like bury their asset. If, if they were considering trading him, cause it, it, other teams are going to look at it like, well, I, I'm going to buy low on this guy. I'm not going to give y'all anything worth, <laughs> you know, if, if he's not even getting playing time for y'all. So we'll see. Uh, hope, hopefully they can figure it out, but I think just to kind of, um, transition to how great Luca has been playing lately. He's without Kyrie in the lineup because you know he had that freak injury versus Portland. Um, he's just been balling out, getting like you know thirty five points a night. And I think the biggest difference between this season and last season is his assist numbers are higher because his teammates are knocking Both down shots. shots that they weren't knocking down last year whether it be Reggie Bullock or Dorian or like, you know, whoever mm-hmm. he's getting those assists. So that's just making the game easier for everybody. And um, it, I hope, I hope that, I mean, I, I kind of pine for this Luca MVP cause I really want him to, cause I feel like he's good enough to, to win it. And um, I kind of thought like, well, if we got Kyrie, maybe they'll just not, they'll not consider him they won't consider him because, Oh, like he's got another superstar level talent on his team. So it's, he can't be as valuable, but I feel like the league is, has so much parity now. Like, like all the best players have, you know, you know, have really good teammates. So I don't know. What do you think about that whole MVP conversation in Luca now that he's been balling out without Kyrie in the lineup? Yeah. Um, I think, well, I think unfortunately what we've seen over the last two or three years is that the the numbers that you put up is not nearly as important as the narrative that you're able to create. Um, if if we can create a narrative in which Luka Doncic in past years, it was like, look at the bums that Luka Doncic is dragging to the playoffs every year. Not last year. That was last year was horrific. Um, but it got a Sarah Lively. That's all good. But so so if if the Mavericks continue, it, it kind of depends on where the Mavericks are seated, what the injury situation looks like, and how the rest of the team plays with him. And also, how do we do in nationally televised games against other top tier opponents? 
right now we're, and this brings it into more of it. I'm always going to think Luka Doncic is deserving of being in the MVP conversation every single year. He's, he's one of the top five best players in the league. And if the Mavericks are able to like be amongst the best teams in the league, then I think he'll get that recognition. But right now we are fourth in the West behind the Wolves, Nuggets, Thunder. This year is, and I'm looking at this right now, there are only four and a half games that separate the ninth seed and the top seed. So like it is, it's, it's a dog fight currently. Um, but I, I point that out to say the Mavericks are behind the Thunder, Nuggets, and Wolves. We have not won a game against either of those three teams so far this year. We've we've lost each of our matchups with those teams. We play the Nuggets in a couple of days. If the Mavericks are able to get some wins against those teams, then suddenly I think you I think I would hope the national media has to put Luca in that conversation. If you go if you you know go into Denver or or Denver comes to our house and you beat the defending national the defending champions, then like that's that's that means a lot. We did you, beat the in season yeah. tournament champions. If you want to okay. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> but again, but again, they still. I mean, even after that game, I think NBA Power Rankings or ESPN or whatever did their MVP ladder, and it's still Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, and 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 uh, and Nikola Jokic up near the top. Maybe Giannis is in there too. But like Luca is is still on the bubble, uh, despite despite his play recently. So I, I, I think, I think long-term we have to be, we have to be a top three or four seed and we have to have shown in the big moment. Yeah. Yeah. Eat the good teams as, as the Mavericks season goes, so goes Luca's MVP chances. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, and and it's early on. I think a lot can happen uh, in in on that front. I think to <laughs> I don't know. I guess as a I'm trying to be unbiased in in the sense that like I get like like Jokic is great and he's done a lot and you know he's he's balling out and I like these other people. I feel like uh, most of those like players have better teams than than we do. Like you, you could argue like the Celtics are built better. The the Nuggets the you know. The mm-hmm. Sixers even I would say are have like more talented players, and that can lead to I don't know whatever. It's early on. I don't want to dwell too much on it. No, I. Yeah, there's a there is always going to be a certain element of, uh, because the league is so talented because there's so many guys who contribute to winning basketball and who put up insane stat lines, like this this gets into a whole nother conversation about NBA expansion and kind of like watering down the talent level a little bit because it's hard, like it's hard to box score watch and just be like, okay, everybody, a bunch of these guys are putting up like 30, 10 and 10 night in and night out. Um, Now, not all of them are doing them like on the efficiency of like a Luka Doncic or like on the, as like the stat came out earlier that Luka Doncic is facing the most like double teams and the most blitzes uh, of any player in the league by like double, like the next closest is Cade Cunningham. And he's got like 80 less double teams like coming out of off of uh, or traps coming off of, off of screens. So like, yeah. And and I think like, especially when I see Joel Embiid above Luka, that bothers me. Yeah. He flops as much as he does. Yeah. And like, you look how his scoring is without, free throws whereas you take the same factor you take free throws out of lucas scoring average and it's it's not it doesn't make a huge dent yeah and beats a little bit of a merchant and i think if you are if you're campaigning if you're if you're campaigning for i mean bibs friend of the pod bibs uh had a good point where like okay it's not gonna be that strange when the like biggest most physically dominant players have the most free throws in the, in the league. Right. Like Giannis is also near the top. I do also agree that Embiid is a flopper. So it's like, both can be true. Right. Like he does probably get fouled a lot because he's one of the most physically dominant players in the league. He also gets fouled a lot because he's flailing around on the court 
and like you know falling all over himself so it's i wonder if like has the league called him out on any of these flops now that there's that new rule i haven't seen that maybe i think he just does a really good job of start the investigation ben yeah yeah, start the (laughs) whatever start the Um, smear campaign here's 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 the thing that annoys me about mvp races as it always turns into a how can i smear the other guy so that my guy will win. Like we're we're always going to be angling. Like Jason Tatum, you have like three other all stars on your roster. You're right. not an MVP. Yeah. Joel like an Embiid, Joel Embiid, you're a merchant. You're a merchant. Nikola Jokic, you have this great like talented like group of guys. Like the perfect support system to like mm-hmm. support your play. That's why you're so efficient like offensively. And then and then Luca is dragging these bums, and it's like okay, yeah, there's some I, bums. I guess, but I guess like, what bothers me is like the idea of what most valuable keeps changing like people keep like oh this one performance makes it an mvp makes him an mvp or 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 like the idea of what it means if you're talking like best player on a team that would be i mean whatever you don't have to Mm -hmm. it's it i think i think the national media just definitely picks their favorites and just sticks with that favorite regardless of what is actually happening outside of well some of it some of it is also baked in like Jokic and Embiid have led the MVP rankings for the last two or three years. So it's very easy to just stick them at the top of the ballot. Like they've been, they've been playing great. They're all, they're probably consistently going to be playing great. So like, we're going to include them up near the top. Like, so it's, there's a little bit of recent of historic bias. Um, And, and yeah, I I think eventually we're going to get to a like, okay, it's time to recognize Lucas play as well as like a little bit of, of uh, fatigue when it comes to like, okay, we voted Jokic or Embiid, like the top two MVP vote getters, like the last for however long, like it's time to award somebody else. Um, so I think unfortunately, like we as Mavs fans and as Lucas supporters are going to have to wait or hope for that fatigue to like kind of sink in to the system yeah. a little bit. We'll see. Hopefully, I think he's he's off to a good start, and and then I think if he keeps this up, when Kyrie comes back, then it, then it becomes a real discussion. I feel. Um, so, real quick, let's talk about a potential Mavs trade rumor, more of a NBA trade rumor that we would like to make a Mavs trade rumor. Apparently, Utah Jazz. We're sending we're sending THJ a first round pick, Derek Lively, and Derek Jones Jr. to the Golden State Warriors for Draymond Green. There we go. Hell no. <laughs> that was an NBA trade machine like pitch from somebody, somebody out I of their mind. Too. I blocked him after. <laughs> <laughs> Instant block. Instant block. <laughs> I, I I posted it. Yeah, I just th- okay. Let's talk about Draymond. I, I was going to talk about Lori, but I, let's talk about Lori real fast. Lori Markinen is on the trade block apparently, uh, but um by way of the Utah Jazz. Um, I kind of thought he was going to be their franchise cornerstone going forward, but I guess they want to do some some real, real, real down and dirty tanking where they just get rid of everything talented. And and uh, um, I think Mavs fans have been pining for this guy for a while. He's a great, he's a great shooter. He's, he's probably the long lost. Well, we wanted jerk. We wanted him. We wanted to buy low on him a couple of off seasons ago, and when I think after he was with Cleveland and Cleveland was shopping around, or he and we were hoping to like buy low on him, and that never, never materialized. You're not going to be able to buy low on him now. Now, <laughs> and I think that in in the short term, the Mavs don't have a lot of assets to get somebody of that caliber. Um, unless we really just package, you know, two or three guys and a first round pick and who knows what. I just feel like the what what I've heard is is the plan is to kind of wait till the summer when we have like three first round picks to package and then we can really do some shopping in terms of like you know bigger upgrades. Um does Lori Markinen strike you as the missing piece for this Mavs team? So I think that I think any any trade like that becomes a question of is Laurie Markinen the third guy that you want on this team next to next to Luca and Kyrie? 
Um, I mean, I remember watching him in the world, uh, not the the World Cup over the summer, and how he was balling out. I mean, he was balling out in Utah last year, anyway. So I, I've always kind of had a a soft spot for him. What do you think? I'm I'm gonna look into him a little bit while you you give me. Um, I think if we want to be a team that scores 140 points a night, <laughs> then yeah, go for it. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if a championship caliber team is the kind of team that scores 140 points a night and then gives up 145 a night. Like, I mean, it having him on the roster and having that big three of Luca, Kyrie, and Laurie. It, three out of your five starters are going to be defensive minuses on that. I mean, and and we can say, I mean, Luca has, has probably gotten up to like league average at this point, or like it's mm-hmm. kind of floats depending on how engaged he is, but like floats around league average now defensively. But like you're putting a lot of pressure on Derek Lively and on whoever is your, like your, your three guard or your wing to, and Lori's got size, so like that kind of helps cover up for maybe some of his his lack of deep. But just yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if he's the missing piece. I think mm-hmm. he's a great. Uh, I think he, he, like you said, if we had a better defense, he would be a great piece. Um, but I, I think especially lately, when you see Derek Lively having, you know, he he's done a good job, but. If we're we're investing a lot of money in a in a piece, we want them to be a good defender uh, to to help Luca and Kyrie down the line. Um, so I would love, I mean, I would love him just to kind of because I know that he wants to. I feel like he wanted to come here um, when he was in Cleveland. Like that was, I, I, you know, because he he has such a um, a respect for Dirk and this organization, and um, there's obviously like you know, a connection there. Um, but I think if we're going to put, put all of our, you know, put, put everything in on one player, it has to be like a Pascal Siakam. It has to be like an OG and an OB. It has to be um, someone that's going to, like you said, co- cover up on defense and and help us be average on defense. Um, but, but if we did get him, it would be one of those things like, yeah, we're going to score 150 and, and uh, you know, and I think he could help us do that, but it's better for us not to think about it because it's probably not going to happen. Um, so uh, in other around the league news, I think this is what you're wanting, we're wanting to talk about. Do you want to just talk about Draymond and, and uh, how he backhanded? What, what, what do you think Yusuf his treat, his, his Yusuf? treatment, his treatment regimen is right now? Yusuf? Like or- no, no. I mean, Yusuf, Yusuf it was didn't get injured necessarily, just got cold cocked. I'm talking no, I'm talking about Draymond. Draymond is now in like league mandated counseling right now as part of his suspension. Like, what are the yeah, what are the what are the metrics do you think they're using to be like, okay, we think Draymond has has we think we've we've hit some, but there's been some growth. Like, it's so funny to me when when this stuff happens, because like therapy is not like a it's not like healing a bone or like an ankle injury in this it, it's not the same where it's like okay you're gonna need to stay off it for like eight six to eight weeks and then like we'll start with some physical therapy like if, like emotional counseling therapy those kinds of things like that's like a years-long process that yeah. like like Draymond probably needs to retire and then like work on himself a little bit before he's gonna but the idea that like we're gonna suspend you indefinitely and then like oh ten games has gone by that's that I think we've I think we've made enough progress uh, no just it, everything around it but he's is suspended indefinitely so once indefinitely. they think he's made enough progress then they let him back in but what do we what's enough progress like you've logged a lot of time on the breathing app that we're you know you've gone to (laughs) you acknowledge that you shouldn't have hit somebody you've done you've done this many hours of yoga you've done like this many hours of of you've written this many pages of thoughtful reflection on how your behavior affects others um i i think i think another element that is so funny to me about this is LeBron stands using it as a way 
to come after Steph Curry for not being a better teammate and not like policing Draymond's behavior earlier or like, or people or people saying like, man, LeBron needs to give Draymond a call and like really help him out as like a, you know, kind of like a big brother sort of like mentor figure or whatever. And then for people to be like, why, why the heck is this? Why the heck hasn't Steph Curry ever like stepped up and told Draymond to like, that's a, such a bizarre thing to me because part of why Steph gets as open as he does is because Draymond sets the meanest screens in the league, right? Like he's like a brick wall that is super wide and sometimes illegal. Like that's like biting the hand that feeds you or like, you know, he, he has to let Draymond be Draymond to help him get as open. It's not the only reason why he's as good as he is, but that's like part of why, you know what I mean? Like, Hey Draymond, I know that I know well, you're, your, your thing is to kind of go crazy on people, but maybe just a little bit less, but keep setting those screens though. You got this man. You know, I, I don't well, know it's, well. it's, um, it's kind of the depressed, not depressing. Cause like we've been on the receiving end of the gold state warriors empire for the better part of the last like seven or eight years. <laughs> but it's thankfully like kind of the end. I think the end of the writing is on the wall here. Like, um, and it's been on the wall since last year. Uh, like the things that made you the best team in the league no are no longer cutting it. Like you no longer have the juice to be doing this stuff. And I think it's a combination of like, this is who Draymond is. This is how he's carved out a career. But also like those, those things, those tools in his tool belt are no longer effective. And so he's, it's like, it's like when a knife dulls and you have to keep like cutting harder and harder and harder to get the same, like to cut through the same piece of like tomato or, or turkey or whatever. And Draymond, he's like, he's a tool that has, its edge has been blunted. And so now his only, the only thing in his tool belt is to like go way over the line. And, <laughs> And it makes for great entertainment. It's just, I mean, I saw Rudy Gobert going like, it's kind of sad. Like, I feel bad. Like, you know, he's going through some stuff for sure. And when like, when like the opposition, the player that you hate the most is going like, man, I really feel for you right now. Like I, I, Nurkic said the same thing mm -hmm. after he got There's something wrong with him, brother. But like, that's my thing is like up until this point, there was a lot of fans and people saying like, oh, you want to have a Draymond on your team. Like he'll do all the dirty work. He'll do this. He'll do that. And I think like they would overlook the, oh, kicking LeBron in the nuts or like kicking uh, that OKC player, Steven Adams in the nuts. Yeah. Or stepping like, on Demontis Abonis' chest. On, so like what, I think that was kind of the most where like everything since then has just been like clearly not a basketball play just I'm being extremely egregious because I'm frustrated or like we're losing. And, you know, you know, if like, I think we talked about it last pod that I was on, like he finds a way to get out of games that Steph isn't in. Like, he's like, Oh, if I'm, you know, Kerr's going to play me regardless. Like in, and I don't want to be in this game because I know we weren't, we're not going to have a chance. So I'm going to like hurt this other person. So I will get kicked out of the game. So it's, it's it's like it's like if the bad boy pistons were had the were like today's pistons. Like the reason people go back to like, oh man, the bad boys pistons were like such a tough nose, like incredible basketball team is because they won two NBA, they won two NBA championships playing that style of basketball. If they were losing and playing that way, they they'd be laughing stocks. Right. And yeah. and that's and Draymond is now is becoming a laughing stock moves yeah you're making like and you're, you're hacking not, somebody or yeah you're not and it's not like you're on a winning team you're you're down 18 in the fourth and you're <laughs> or or you are it's the score is zero zero and you're choking out another player so it's and that's you the, know three yeah, with the choking ago, thing mm -hmm. with the choking thing it was so egregious like there was no reason to choke anybody in that situation but he like went out of his way i'm gonna step over the guy the real clashes between clay and this other guy 
I'm going to step in front of that and just like put him in a headlock for no reason because Gobert's not going to get into it. He's not, he's not about that action. And just that to me, oh my gosh. Yeah, I just can't stand how he gets because he's gotten away with a lot and he's, 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 <laughs> some of these suspensions should have come earlier. And, yeah, after the and choking, I, I think, and I think, well, speech. I mean, I think, I think like years earlier. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, I think like we, the reaction to the demo, the Sabonis thing last season should have been more firm. And I, I honestly, like you said, a couple of years ago, teams would be like, would be, yeah, we'd love to have a Draymond kind of guy, someone that does a little bit of everything, passes the ball, sets good screens, plays good defense, can be like kind of that captain of the defense, telling everybody where they need to go. Like, yeah, you want a player like that. I I think we are in for a huge kind of revision of how we view Draymond Green's career, given given the way that it mm. is kind of starting to wind down. Um I mean, he may play in the league for several more years after this, but like, uh, he, I don't know. but who knows? He may, he may pivot completely to podcasting, but, <laughs> but like, there's an argument to be made and I, and I'll make it right here on this podcast that part of the reason Golden State blew a three, one lead in the NBA finals in 2016 yeah. was because he got himself ejected and I all credit is due to the Cavaliers and to LeBron and Kyrie Irving. They they earned that comeback, but due to Draymond's antics, to due to like his own inability to control, we go down to Luca all the time, and I think this season has seen an improvement in his maturity, some growth when it comes to like getting the technicals, getting ejected, all that stuff that like that detracts from his overall greatness. We, we need to truly like evaluate Draymond's quote unquote greatness or his place in like basketball history, given the fact that like you kind of, you kind of were the main reason that your team, or one of the biggest reasons that your team lost an NBA finals because you got yourself suspended for one of the most important games of, of, of your career of, of the season. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's honestly like it's very it's very very funny at times. It's also very very sad at times. Um, yeah, it's sad because you could tell there's a delusion there where he's justifying whatever he's doing. Um, but I think like once you take the winning aspect out of the situation, and he's been used to winning. He's been used to you know m- more winning than a lot of other t- players in the NBA have been used to, and. I think he kind of clicks with like in his head, like, Oh, I'm not going to be able to just, you know, get away with what I've been getting away with because we're not blowing teams out by 30 anymore. We're, you know, we're not that same team. And, you know, I, I think he's just something kind of snapped and he's just, it, it, it's just becoming like a sad, you know, reaction to whatever is going on. So, yeah, I, I I honestly can't stand him. Like he's super annoying to me. I've never liked him, and a lot of people are just like, "Oh, you should." The Mavs should get him. Ben's, and Ben's been praying for this downfall for a long time, and now he gets to relish but, it a little bit. I I just wanted him, I didn't want all this. I wanted like him to sign somewhere else in free agency after the Jordan Pool thing. We haven't even talked about that. Like he's like straight up punched one of his teammates, and that was kind of like glossed over. Like, well, you know, you know how it like the the organization kind of didn't like make a big deal out of it. They just traded Jordan pool and, and kind of moved on. Like nothing happened, but like I wanted him to go to another team so he could realize how like good he had it in golden state. And then we're like, Oh, like Draymond is just a hustle guy that happened to be on one of the best teams. of all I, time. I, I would be a little concerned that his behavior would be worse on a different team. <laughs> like you well, now, send him, yeah, for sure. you send him somewhere where, you know, there isn't any winning involved to Detroit. He would fit right in, right? Mm, <laughs> mm. Boys. Anyways, uh, yeah. Want to get want to get into before so we before we run out of time. Want to get into another crazy, uh, crazy funny, cra- more more funny than like sad bizarre. situation. Bizarre. Uh, the Bucks Pacers as the newest like rivalry <laughs> in the league. We we didn't get a lot of time to cover the in season tournament this year. The Mavericks were not in it really, which was a bummer, but. 
the in-season tournament has given us a potentially and credit to Tyrese Halliburton as well has given us a, I feel like a legitimate shot at a new a new rivalry in the league between the Pacers and Bucks. Uh, earlier this week, uh, got into a full blown post game fracas, and I commented on Austin Twitter, Ben, how wild is it that Rick Carlisle has presided over not one but two major like major events in Pacer like major like kerfuffles, fracases, fights almost. Uh, what is this fracas word? I've never heard of that. Fracas? It's just, just a, I mean, it's just yeah. a, it's a white person word for, for, uh, okay. yeah, for, for a big, a big blow up sort of right. uh, situation. But how crazy is it that Rick Carlisle has been the head coach for the Pacers during two of these events? Oh, yeah. 20, 20, 20 years <laughs> apart between like and not even the same head coaching stint like he's been he spent 10 years in dallas and then and then went back to the pacers i think i think rick carlisle is a little bit of a hater and i think he instigates so i think oh for i think sure. i think there's part of him but i mean yeah yeah so Giannis scored 64 in that game a franchise high and i think a personal high for him and yeah <laughs> This is right after the the Pacers beat the the Bucks in the in season tournament, and you know Tyrese Halliburton did like the Dame Time watch look at the arm thing. Love so it, that, love super it. Super petty, eating super, it up, like eating it up, right? So there's this was like a revenge game for the Bucks, if you want to call it that. And <laughs> if I'm, I feel like Rick I was just looking at at Giannis score sixty four, and he's like, he's not getting that game ball. I'll tell you that right now. And he's like in his head, and <laughs> and like, like as he's coaching the game, and and then it apparently the the rookie on the Pacers who were you know scored his first NBA points in that game, um, and they the, the typical thing is to give the game ball to the rookie like hey here's your here's your you know memento mm-hmm. from that, so um, apparently. I guess someone with the Pacers like took the ball and like beeline to the locker room. What? And well, the the video, the security footage shows that like I think a Bucks security personnel actually got the ball and and like left with it. And so there was a big misunderstanding that I mean the Pacers got a ball. Giannis thought the Pacers had the ball. Yeah, the, and the, so it was, pursued the, the way pursued them down the tunnel. Yeah, the way it was presented, it looked like the Pacers took the ball out of spite and. Then and they were and they were shouting they were shouting at Giannis in the hall like you're not getting that ball because from their perspective they're like you're trying to take our ball, that, that, ball. Our, yeah it's like no you're not I mean it it plays out like 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 YMCA Lee or like you went to the court you went to the neighborhood court and somebody like took your personal basketball and you're like no 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 that one's mine <laughs> and, and it blows up Times but they're but they're the best players in the world paid millions of dollars in there losing was, their minds i don't know if you saw like the clip of like Giannis trying to talk to like tyrese halliburton from the pacers and he's like like yelling at him chris middleton is yelling also and then you just see dame looking at Giannis like with a blank stare like is this really that serious like are you gonna gonna hurt somebody oh my gosh, or... is, is dame the emotionally like healthy one in this <laughs> in this in this scenario because Shortly after Giannis is barreling down the like he's sprinting and there's an assistant coach like trying to like grab at his jersey like no don't do it and and then after the game I think Rick Carlisle was saying that like apparently one of his coaches got a bruised rib somehow um, so he's <laughs> he's trying yeah, to elbow. I don't know mm-hmm. like it, 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 I don't know it it's not a good look for Giannis. Um, uh, no, he, there's, there's this weird thing in the NBA. I think, I feel like where you want, you want to show that you care that you're a competitor, but if you care too much about little tiny things, we're going to (laughs) roast you for it. And as important as like, you know, franchise record, like scoring, whatever ball, like as important that, as that might be to a player. And like, you know, you want those mementos, those keepsakes to see you like ready to like run down the tunnel and ready to like potentially beat someone's <laughs> ass over it. Like is not a good, yeah, it's not a good look. 
this, but this raises an interesting, and I'm just shocked that this has not happened more often where like a rookie, you know, say, say Luca goes off for 60. Oh, but, oh, but like so-and-so on, on the Oklahoma city founders, their first NBA basket, like, could we get the ball for them? Do you have a, do you lean one way or the other? Like, where is the ranking and like, what's more important that, oh, somebody had this had, I mean, because clearly let's put it, let's put it this way. And like last year, the ball that LeBron scores the all time, most points, like that's going straight to the NBA. It's going to the hall of fame. It's not, it's not going to some rookie. So there are clearly levels to this. Right. There's, there's levels to like, no, this is a, his, a piece of history and it has to go to this more historic thing versus like, oh no, this is a nice memento for, for this player. Where, where does that, where do you draw that line? <laughs> What's sad is like, I'm t- I, personally, I feel like I, w- I would be on Giannis's side, but the way that he acted makes me like, reconsider a little bit like hey this is you know this is the first point the rookie's ever going to get you're Giannis you're probably going to get like 50 tomorrow um like it it doesn't I I get that like oh it's his highest personally but the way that he acted afterwards of like oh give my ball that's my ball and and then it's kind of it's kind of disqualifying doesn't he end up with the Pacers ball any like he gets with he ends up with that one also He he ends up with a ball but it doesn't feel like the ball. right. He doesn't feel like the ball because your your organization took the ball. That's why it doesn't like. So I think he ended up with both. That poor <laughs> that poor rookie was like, "Dang man, what about?" I think I think <laughs> I think the clear and I'm sure there's an NBA like there's some NBA team that's like, okay, we need to have three balls in reserve for every <laughs> for every game now. Reserve. And I think there and, are two technically in each yeah, game. And they're but late. like, but like you know that there's they're designated somebody on the officiating crew or like some but there's somebody that like look, we have a designated person who is gonna is gonna acquire the actual game ball. And then we have this this extra ball that goes to like some rookie or some piddly, whatever, like you know. Okay, hey, you you scored your first points. Here you go. Like the make a wish kid ball that you're <laughs> that you're <laughs> that you're giving. And then and and then you have the real game ball that's for like historic purposes. Like this is the game winner that like won some franchise NBA championship. And then you have a third one for like, oh, this is a career high for so and so. Um but also like this this also raises an interesting interesting like concept of like who has ownership over the balls in, a, in actuality, like who deserve who, like is it about what? if it's about ownership the NBA owns all of them, if it's about deserving, then that's a that's a completely different thing. Well, so like earlier in the year, Luca had a career night, but it was also on the same night that Omax had his first basket. Like he got a free throw at the end of the game and it, but it was a career night for Luca, like a stupid triple double. I forget what it was. Yeah. Um, and he, Luca went out of his way to get the ball and give it to the rookie. So I think that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good, because Luca's going to have more career nights. Omax is not going to have any more first career nights. Right. Oh, I thought. <laughs> you're like oh max is not gonna have any more reason to get a ball (laughs) (laughs) not what i mean not what i mean but you you know you you never forget your first like you know there's only there's only one first so you know luca can go out in two months like you said earlier luca can go out in two or three months and he could drop 70 on somebody and then that now becomes the special you know right um but I feel like I feel like Luke is definitely different. I don't think he cares about that as much as Giannis does. I think there's definitely like a, a spectrum of like, you know, um, if that was Giannis's teammate, does that change anything? Probably not. But like, I I think it does. <clears throat> I think it's I think also part of part of Giannis's reaction is not just I want this thing and I deserve to have. Like he's the not. Pacers took it it's, from me. It's yes. It's, They're a bunch it, of jerks. It, it feels like a petulant. Tra- if it was just, I want it and I deserve it. 
then he's then he then it sounds like a petulant child. But added added layer to this is the misunderstanding or the misreading that like he's like, oh, they took it on purpose from me, from from I mean, and it's a Bucks franchise record. So it's yeah. it's Giannis's <clears throat> accomplishment, but it's also like an accomplishment for the Milwaukee Bucks as an organization. So it's like you stole it, not just from me, but you stole it from my team. And I think and I think that adds some layers of context to to his hilarious reaction and everyone's hilarious. Oh man. Yeah. It's just very bizarre. Very bizarre. And I think um it, it it's something that we had I don't remember seeing anything like that before. So it, it was just very very chaotic scene, very feared full of weird drama. And now that I think there is a lot more to the rivalry now. I think there was like a, a budding rivalry before that game. And then after the game, like, Oh yeah, it's a rivalry. They don't like each other. You know, I saw that, uh, I saw this meme of like two of the things that Giannis hates the most is like a basketball. And then like a ladder, like from his thing, like from a year or two ago where like someone was trying to like take down the mm-hmm. rim, but he would just like move the ladder. I need to work on my free throws. So I don't know. It, it it was bizarre. It, it, it's something we kind of had to touch on just because it was so weird. Um, but I think, you know, the Pacers keep winning the way they're winning. You know, they're, they're, they're like a middle of the road team. They're a six seed right now. Bucks are a two seed. I think everybody wants that matchup in the playoffs. Um, I know I do, but <clears throat> we'll see. Um, and then the West standings are just total craziness just because your the usual sh- suspects aren't at the top. It's, Timberwolves, Nuggets, Thunders, Mavs, Kings, Rockets, and then you get into the LA teams, Clippers, Lakers. So I think this is the the parity of the league is really showing showing up and it's it's really great to see. So makes for fun basketball. Yeah. Excited to see what comes next. So thank you guys for tuning in for this uh episode of Buckets and Beyond. We are on Instagram at Buckets and Beyond. And we are on, nope, we are on Twitter at Buckets Beyond. Right, yeah, Twitter at Buckets Beyond and then Instagram at Buckets Beyond. And uh, let, give us a, a five-star review if, if you think we're doing awesome. I think we're doing pretty great. We're going <clears> to <throat> try to start churning out more, more content as the season keeps going. And, um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We're out of here. Adios.